Yes, sir. Yo. Back. I'm here. <laughs> About time. Yeah. I don't know why it took a little second to uh, join for some reason. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? So, what's up, buddy? How's your work week? Hey, man. Four days. So, you know, that's always good. You can work four days and get paid for five. That's a good week. Oh. Must yeah. be nice. Must be nice. Yeah. Really was. <laughs> Coming to an end, though. You know how that goes. Yeah. Self back in on Monday. Oh, like work release. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Boy, I got a day ahead of me Monday, too, so. Oh, why? Because you missed all those days? See? See? That's the gift and the curse. You might be off, but then you got work that's backed up. Yeah, you got to come back, and they got to, you know, you do makeup. You know how to, you know how to do makeup, but it's like, oh, it was on Friday, so the deliveries that should have came on Friday, they're gonna come on Monday. So instead, you get one on on Friday and one on Monday, you get two on Monday or three on Monday. Yeah. So that's all that you know carryover. But I take that for eight hours off. Take the whole thing. Well, I, I can't wait. I'm already looking forward to next month. But what's next month? Memorial weekend? Memorial weekend. I'm ready. I need them to, these are a three day weekend. Okay. I need one. Whatever. Welcome, podcast listeners, to another edition of Useless Sports Knowledge. Of course, it's me, yours truly, bro. It's me, JB. On today's show, there was, you know, we're going to talk about some throwback things uh, that happened in the past as far as college football players who we saw growing up and in our early part of uh, like our youth that we saw that were the greatest college football players to us in our opinion because we're relatively still young so we wasn't around to see football players in the 60s and 70s and 80s and sometimes even in the 90s too early 90s I don't really think I know for me I wasn't really looking at them like that so it's going to be like a nostalgic show today Um, we're going to talk about the greatest ones we saw and we're going to talk about when they got to the pros the worst ones we saw Mm -hmm. so let's get started with the greatest ones we saw the floor is yours JB I'll let you go first this was, this was really tough for me. Like, I mean, you had a discussion, like, most of the week. We had a discussion over years. And I had, I think I had, I had six. And my honorable mention was someone, you know, one of the greatest safety that I've ever seen play the game of football in college. To, uh, his NFL career was cut really short from a tragedy. But my honorable mention would be Sean Teller. Mm. One of the greats of all. See, okay, you say he's honorable mention. He didn't make your top five, which is fine. But I want to know for him to be the next one in that group. If you felt like dropping somebody, what did he do that was just that stood out to you so much that impacted the field over some of the other people that played college football? Like I'm trying to figure out what did he do. He he was one of he was a game changer at the safety position. Hard hitter, ball hawk, played punt return for the Hurricanes. Man, he he was a game changer back then. Like when you when you played the Hurricanes, all you worried about was twenty six, because he was that good. You knew, hey, we got we got to figure out where he's at at all times. Because mm-hmm. man, he would light you up. He would get intercepted, take it to the house. He was like a Dion at safety. Mm. He was that good. That good. When had when was before him, how many safeties went in the top ten? Before him. I think the Cowboys drafted a little fat one out of Roy Williams. Roy Williams. I remember Roy him. Williams. I should, I and Roy Williams was Roy, Roy, Roy Williams was not even in the same conversation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And Sean whoa, Teller. Whoa, we ain't gonna do that. We we're not gonna do that. Yes, he was. We, we, we doing that. Sean, I mean, he might have been good. Roy might have been good at Texas, Oklahoma, but mm-mm. he wasn't no Sean Teller. 
finish your top five. Let me hear this top five. Because I already, I already okay. know I, I got some beef with it. Go ahead. Yeah, I see. At number five, one of the greatest receivers of all time in college football history, Larry Fitzgerald. And number four, the only defensive player to ever win the Heisman Trophy, Charles Woodson. Mm-hmm. At number three, one of the greatest college players to ever play, not at this position, but to ever play the game, Tim Tebow. Mm. At number three, one of the most electrifying receivers you mean number two. to ever grow. Number two. My bad. One of the most electrifying wide receivers to ever grace the football field, Peter Ward. Whoa, Whoa. a blast from the past. Go ahead. I like that. P-Dub. At number one, one of the most talented football players that i ever seen. At punt return, wide receiver, running back. When this man touched the ball, your eyes just was glued to the TV because you just knew something special was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Reginald Bush. He's going to always be a Heisman Trophy winner in my book. Yeah, I don't care what they say. They took his Heisman Trophy away. They scratched his name out of the books or whatever. I saw them hand this man this trophy, and I saw him, what he did on the field. I hate when they do that. You can't take my memory away from me. Yeah, you can't do that. You're not going to do like Men in Black and flash the light in my face and just say, oh, Reggie Bush, <laughs> no, he didn't exist. He didn't win the house. No, I saw this man play. Yeah, you can't take you can't, you can't can't take that away. It'll, I don't care what you try to scratch away or you try to put black tape over his name. And, no, that that half a trophy year was just incredible. That the, the run he had against Fresno State with the one shoe. Yep. That's a little fast. Incredible trophy right there. Incredible. Hmm. Nice list. But I think the oh, the problem I have with that list is number five. Who? Larry? Yeah. I'm not saying Larry wasn't great at Pittsburgh, because he was. But I felt it was better receiving. I mean, you have to make a compelling argument. Unless you got some stats that's gonna blow me away. Like I need to, I need to. You need to, you need to explain yourself with them. But Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald was the 2003 Heisman Trophy runner-up, right? 2003 Balletti Award winner. Okay. 2003 Walter Camp Award. 2003 Big East Offensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. 2003 Unanimous All-American. 2003 First Team All Big East. Number was retired at Pittsburgh. When you played Pittsburgh, only person you knew on that team was Larry Fitzgerald. And for him to still do what he did in college, knowing that, yo, they only got Larry. And and, and Larry just still got off. Because he was Larry. He was that great. You couldn't do nothing with him. He wasn't on loaded, he wasn't on loaded teams like Florida with Percy Harvin and you know uh, Hernandez, <laughs> Tim Tebow, and he he wasn't on those teams. He was one of the one great player on a bad team, mm. and every week you knew, hey, well he gonna be a problem. And guess what? He was a problem. Hmm. I mean, is this coming from you being a UM fan and you had to deal with him? Yeah, but when he played the U. We, 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 we put them things on Larry now. We put them things on Larry. You know, we, we had them we had them big corners and we we, we put them on Larry, but I, I watched Larry and Larry was bad. Larry was something special. Yes, he was he really was. something special. Yes, he was. And I, I have to give it I can't I know your argument might be uh Calvin Johnson or something, but you know, I can't give it to Calvin because Calvin Calvin had like like he would have he it would just be Throw it to Larry 50 yards down the field. He gets the ball and that's it. It was like that's the only route he ran in college was a fly. Uh, you think, like, you, I've you, never you, seen him run anything else. You being disrespectful. You, you just being disrespectful. Disrespectful? Or or telling the truth. Which one? I like how you paid homage to uh to Charles Woodson over there at number four. I like that one. 
Of course. I like that. You, you have to. I like that. I, you know what? I, I thought about that, too. I was like, man, I, I just... But then I'm remembering his Heisman Trophy season, how he just... I don't. He he was the star. He was the face of that team, and it was like you would think that a quarterback or either someone on offense would be as be dominant. No, that man. You you could not do anything with him on that side of the ball, because you're just so worried about Charles Woodson, like interceptions, yeah. and the, the, you just couldn't do anything with him. And he even played offense for that team too. Exactly. Punt return, kick exactly. return. He just. You couldn't do anything with Charles Woodson. That's why exactly. yeah. he he earned that. Like once he was shut you down on defense, he went over on offense and started playing. So you look like wait, yeah. what? And it's normally when when you have defensive players who do that, they're normally like decoys or something. No, he was not a decoy. They actually had packages and plays for him. Yeah, that that's just you know that was he he was he was that dude in college too. Like on that side of the ball, you know, he he transcended that position like that. I guess Dion opened the door for him. You know, you know, once they started seeing Dion do it in the pros, Charles Wilson was able to translate that over to college and become one of the players that played on both sides. Because before that, it wasn't too many guys playing offense and defense in college. Right. So when you see what Charles was doing, and you was like, man, that yo. Know, Charles Wilson was, you know, again, earned top five in my book. And then back to your, your Larry Fitzgerald slander. <laughs> Larry played two years at Pittsburgh, right? Okay. I don't think he played his freshman year. First year, 13 games, 69 receptions, 100 and, oh, I misspoke, sorry. 1,005 yards, 12 touchdowns the first season. Okay. His second season, 2003, 13 games played, 92 receptions, 1,672 yards, and 22 touchdowns. Woof. Woof. Who did he come second to in the Heisman? Was that the uh, the the Carson Palmer Heisman Trophy? Ooh. Who was the call? That- oh, you know what? Uh, I think that was uh, well, was that Jason White or something? One of those. There you go, right Jason there. Jason White. Jason oh, White. Jason White won half of that. Got to give me a ding, ding. Useless knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah you, nobody needed to know that, but yeah, he was uh, he was second high. And look how that how that looked now. Oh man, everybody. Look, gave, Jason White had no chance in hell to do anything in the pros. Like no. Yeah, so, but uh, I, I feel good about my five. You can go ahead and name yours, so I can go ahead and. Uh, you probably the only one feel good about your five. So let me do mine. Um, my number five. I debated about this. Um, I'm putting Cam Newton at number five. Ooh, yeah, he had one season, but you know he he started out at University of Florida. It yeah. didn't work out. He went to JUCO, then he came to Auburn for one year, and in one year, he had twenty eight hundred fifty four passing yards, thirty passing touchdowns. He had fourteen hundred seventy three rushing yards and twenty rushing touchdowns. Now, just alone, he could have won the Heisman Trophy with his passing yards and his passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, he could have won the Heisman with his rushing yards alone and his rushing touchdowns. But combined together, no, it was no stopping Cam Newton that one season. He so he had that that Auburn team undefeated. They won the national championship. He won the Heisman. And to put that in all perspective, boom, he was the number one pick in the draft. So in one season, he did it all for Auburn. Yeah. When you say when you when you when you brought up Cam Newton, it's almost like you forget how good he was in college because it's I don't know why it's like that, but certain players you just forget about. I don't, and I I'm not saying they're not great. It's just that you just forget them about them because it's never gonna be a time where I forget about Peter Woods yeah. or Reggie Bush or Tim mm-hmm. Tebow or Charles mm-hmm. Woods. 
you might forget about Larry Fitzgerald. That that I, I can admit that. Larry Larry not, is not going to come up in every conversation as far as top five, even receivers probably. It might take somebody else to bring up before you remember. And I, I feel that same way about Cam Newton, and I can't explain why it's like yeah. that because Cam was great yeah. that year at at, at uh, Auburn. Yep. But I I can't I just I can't even understand why that I did not think about Cam as being one of the top five players in college. And and I agree he is because he had he had a season that was unforgettable. Yep. But people forget. And I think it's probably because of that just happened one year. That one year, people can forget about that. Yeah, people just present at a moment because it's always, okay, he left college. Okay, it's on to the next. Who, who Who's going to have the next great season? That's like uh, a few years ago. Matter of fact, it was just the other year. It was the Joe Burrow year. Oh, we ranting and raving about yeah. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the greatest That's thing true. since sliced bread. Um, we forgot just how great Deshaun Watson was in college. Oh, well, not not, not now because he seems like he's just yeah. like massage parlors. But, you know. But anyway. Um, yeah. Um, and then, hell, we forgot about Deshaun Watson. Then it went on to Trevor Lawrence. Oh, my God, Trevor Lawrence. He's the greatest prospect since whatever. That's just how it is. It's just... It just goes in cycles. We're just ready for the next thing. It's just, you know, that's just how it is. My number four is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is a two-time national champion, Heisman Trophy winner, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, two-time SEC Player of the Year. I mean, I looked at Tim Tebow. He had so many accolades. It was ridiculous. And yeah, and I'm and I'm sitting up there like, wow, why, why, why didn't any of this translate to the pros? But like I said, but work out like that. But in college, I mean, woo, um, yes, two-time SEC Player of the Year, Manning Award winner, two-time Maxwell Award, Heisman Trophy in 2007, Davey O'Brien Award, AP Player of the Year, Sporting News Player of the Year, two-time First Team All American. And another time, the two times he did not win the Heisman, the other two times, he was a Heisman Trophy finalist. So he was always invited. Every year in college, he was invited to New York for the Heisman Trophy. Let that just sink in, everybody. Let that just sink in. Hey, hey people can say what they want to say about Tim Tebow uh, as far as him being it's his, his unsuccess, what, non-success, uh-huh. rather, in the NFL. But you cannot deny Tim Tebow as one of the greatest college quarterbacks we've ever seen mm-hmm. as far as winning. Because, you know, fundamentally, you're looking at it, people ain't really like, he might not wow yeah. you when you, you know, when you're watching him. But Tim Tebow's a winner. And you got you have to celebrate winners. And if he's top of the list when it comes to winning. Yeah. Now, number three is Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, Megatron. I am in awe of Calvin because he went to a school. He went to Georgia Tech. This school was trash as far as offense. And they did nothing to help Calvin. Calvin's greatness was just that excellent that it rose above whatever mediocrity they had on the offensive side of the ball at quarterback at, at running back at offensive line it, let me tell you something Calvin just stood out and that it's just that's why he's in the Hall of Fame right now because he's just that great and it's funny he went from no quarterback in college to damn near no quarterback in the pros He's just never had a quarterback. Like he, he probably like you know. That's probably why he left early. That's probably why he retired because he's just like you know what. I can't take this no more. I need to find a quarterback. He he don't have a quarterback. He just didn't have a quarterback. And in college at, at Georgia Tech, he spent two years at G Tech. One hundred and seventy eight receptions, twenty nine, three. He did. Yeah, that first year it didn't really count. We don't really count that. So yeah, the two okay. years he actually See, got it. Now, you you, you, you know how that bro. is. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I can't. Go ahead. 
2,927 receiving yards, 28 touchdowns. He was a two-time first-team All-American. He was ACC Player of the Year, Belitnikoff Award winner. And he was the number two pick in the draft. So he parlayed all that garbage around him to still be the number two pick in the draft. And on top of that, he is a very, very huge man at 6'5", 235. Let that sink in. And ran a 4'3 at the the combine. Let's let that sink in, everybody. My number two is Peter Warren. My my number two is Peter Warren. And I feel like you copied my list. Number two, Peter Warren stayed all four years at at, uh, Florida State. But in those four years, he was electrifying. He was magnificent. I mean, his last year, he kind he was he kind of had a little incident with Dillard's, where he he and a teammate, Lavernius Coles, went into a Dillard's, and they kind of like got a hookup on some clothing. I guess they knew the young lady and whatever. However, that transpired. She gave them so much of a discount that the law deemed it illegal. So they both were arrested. Mm-hmm. So he and Lavernius Coles missed some time and that cost Peter Ward his senior year. I, I believe that costed him his, his Heisman Trophy because if not for that incident, him being suspended, him being arrested, that black eye he had, he would have won the Heisman Trophy. But with that being said, his four years at, at Florida State, 2,200 seven catches, 3,517 receiving yards, 32 receiving touchdowns. And on top of that, 188 rushing yards with four rushing touchdowns, 937 return yards with two touchdowns returned, and two passing touchdowns. So, and he was the number four pick by the Cincinnati Bengals in 2000. So, um, you know, Peter Ward is one of the all-time greats so yeah, that's how that's gonna go down. I don't. I, I, that's yeah. why he. When I saw him before Reggie Bush came along, Peter Ward was the greatest college football player I've ever seen. With that being said, I just said it. I just gave you my number one, which is Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush is the greatest college football player that I've seen with my four eyes. Reggie rushed for thirty-one hundred sixty-nine yards. 7.3 a carry. So, if he touches the ball twice, he's getting first downs. 25 rushing touchdowns. He had 1,301 receiving yards with 13 receiving touchdowns. So, that means his all-purpose yards is 4,470 with 38 touchdowns. Now, I have a stat for you when it comes to Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush has appeared in 39 USC games. He's only started 14. Yeah, and then 14, he probably uh Lindell Lindell, what is that? What's that? Lindell White. Lindell White. Why I keep thinking his last name was Cloud? <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't know why. I think I might have went to high school with somebody named Lindell Cloud. Lindell Cloud, something like that. That's why I keep thinking of That's that. That's you get old. Yeah, Lindell White. Yeah, you start mixing up names mm-hmm. and all type of stuff. But that probably was the games that White missed. He ended up starting because it was more like a one-two punch. Like Lindell might start the game and Reggie yeah. come in. And, I think and he, he was might able do, to, what, two rushes and then Reggie come in there on the third offensive possession. You know how that yeah. didn't start the game. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, because then that was like the first, get the first two runs, get a third and three. Then you go in there with Reggie with a screen or a, a, a little mismatch with the linebacker coming mm-hmm. out of the backfield. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, I mean, you know what? I didn't even mention my honorable mention. I had a few honorable mentions. That's sad. I mean, because it's, it's just, it's it's sad trying to, trying to get five and you're like, man, there's so many college football yeah. players I've seen over the years. And I, I'm going to name a few I have. I have Ricky Williams. I have Vince Young. Good one. I have Devontae. I have Devontae Smith. Look, I'm about to name one. You you might be like, eh, let me tell you something. Darren McFadden was great at Arkansas. Yeah, well, how you how you pick Darren McFadden and don't say Cadillac or because Ronnie Brown? Was, 
none when I saw them on the football field at Auburn, none of them wowed me. That's why I like when the Dolphins picked Ronnie at number two, I was like, what y'all saw? The Cadillac was better than them. Like, Man, I don't what y'all saw. Listen, do you remember when they used to, when they used to play uh Alabama? And them boys used to say, "Man, we we don't like playing them. Every time we come, every time we play them, we gotta go get in the hot in the, in the cold tub oh, right after." Oh my Cadillac them and bruisers, man. Cadillac yeah. and Ronnie. They was the first one. They they the offensive coordinator for Arkansas, Arkansas, mm-hmm. but Auburn invented the Wildcat. He knew he had two. He needed he needed to be able to use those two at the same time. You know why? So what? You what better way than to put one at quarterback? You know why? Because the quarterback back. was trash. So he had to figure out a way. You know what? I, I don't have a quarterback. So let me just put two running backs in here. Like I like. Come on, man. And and hey, and they still was great. You know how great they had to be. Running with what? He went two, two and, and Cadillac went fifth. Five. And Cadillac yeah. went five. Fifth? Yeah. Yeah. He went five. That's how great. You took two running backs out of the same backfield within the t- in the yeah. top five. Nah, it ain't work out too. It ain't work out that much in the NFL. Oh, hey, that's a good question. Who had a better NFL we, career, Ronnie Brown or Cadillac Williams? Ronnie. Ronnie played longer because Cadillac got hurt. Cadillac had knee problems from the time he got in the NFL. So, you, so, so the Dolphins did good yeah. picking picking Ronnie at number two. Let me say something. Nah, that I didn't say that anyway. Yeah, of course so, it was. That when you take a running back at number two. And it's not even an every down running back. Like, he had questions of coming out the backfield. Like, uh, Ronnie Brown wasn't an every down back. Like, he didn't, like, run a play. Let me get Ronnie coming out the backfield on the screen. Like, he developed that uh, later on in his career. But, man, Ronnie, it, it was – we ended up running the same offense. <laughs> we got so bad at quarterback, we had to run the Wildcat. And he was used to it. He was like, oh, I'm back in Auburn. Yeah, that's how he felt when he was out there running around against the Patriots that time. I done beat. But listen, I remember that game. So, man, I was so happy. I was a kid in the candy shop, jumping up and down. They can't stop us. (laughs) Bill Belichick getting beat. Hold on. You don't know what to do with this Wildcat. No, they could not stop that Wildcat. That game. Was Ricky Williams with him in that backfield? Was it Ricky? No, 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 no. Ricky no. wasn't back there with Ronnie. That wasn't Ricky. Ronnie nah, and Rick. Ronnie and Ricky like wasn't that was together. That like a bad R&B room. Wait. They did. Let me they might have played together now that I think about it. They did play together, man. I remember them. I think we had to draft Ronnie because Ricky, Ricky decided. came back. Oh, and then and they made it very clear to Ricky, look, this Ronnie backfield. But you know, y'all can share it. Yeah. The way Ronnie ran. Ronnie will run real fast into the hole and then he'll start bring his back trying to push forward. I used to hate that. I used to hate looking at Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that was uh, I was like you He was just so fast. We gonna see it. He was just so like that like it just don't work. It just it just don't he was like but he was like he wasn't like an Eddie Lacy fat. He was <laughs> just like, how you gonna, oh, he how thick. You gonna say the next dude but thick? Ronnie was fast, man. That boy was, he was like thick. Like, yo, he ain't fat. That boy, like, yo, he like solid. Like, 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 yeah, I don't want to hit that guy. Like, <laughs> he built like a tree trunk. He was. Look, I could, like, I'm trying, I was, I'm trying to see who I can compare him to. He got his auntie nah, hip. I can't. Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> going down that street. Hey, man. <laughs> uh, what's the last song, man? Ooh. Why, why why you the last movie, period. Like, what, what is that about? Because in order for you to know they're bad, in order for you to know that they're bad, you have to watch hey, them. Yes or no? Hey, but once you once you get into a movie, yeah. you realize oh, this is a bad movie. Do you eject off it or do you finish it? Too late. Too late. Got to keep going. Got to keep going. It's too late. Listen, matter of fact, the last, bad, the last movie I might have watched, 
Coming to America what? 2. That might have been the last movie, movie I watched. Oh, was it a bad movie? If I say bad, then I'm I'm using the word wrong. It, I think it's or, more of a terrible movie. Or was it just decent? You it, it, you just you just so you. No, nope, nope, nope. Not gonna do that. Ooh. We're not gonna make an excuse for the trash we put out. It was that bad. bad. It was bad. Of course, and of it was course. Thirty you years know, too when late. I see people do that. I, I automatically go to yes, money grab exactly. They money automatically grab. wanted money. Someone or whatever production company or whatever, whoever threw millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to bring Eddie Murphy, to bring Arsenio Hall, to yeah. bring them out of retirement. I guess a semi-retirement, if you can say, because I haven't really seen them in anything. For them to come out and and do this movie. And I'm like, so Hollywood can't, is not innovative enough, not creative to come up with new concepts because they keep throwing old things, trying to make them new again. I mean, they do that with, they do that with TV shows. Like, that's why you see a Isn't lot that- of rebooted TV shows. And, and now you yeah. see these sequels to movies after, yeah. after decades upon decades. I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm like, this... No, like we should yeah. not be doing a sequel to Coming to America. Like it is done, it is over. That is it. It is the greatest movie in history. And then I'm not just saying my opinion. That's just a fact, straight up. And that is the greatest movie in history. And you need to just leave it as such. Yeah, you. And and the part that made me mad was they didn't have the foresight to even say, hey. Let's let's write this as if it might be oh, you're a part about two. The, the first coming to you know, America. Let's you know okay. leave the door open. Yeah, coming to America. So they left they left no opening for it to be a part two. So now they come and they write this one. Spoiler alert! As oh, he has a son that he conceived while he was in America when he was chasing trying to find his wife, and I'm like, huh? We, you know, he was in a club with the, the two rapping twins and the lady with the fire on her hand, mm-hmm. and we never saw these other two women. Okay, that they said something occurred with, and I'm like, come on, come, on. that's a reach, man. Don't, don't. And a lot of people might be like, man, why you right. ruined it? Because that was my childhood movie, and I don't want it to be ruined because somebody felt like it was time for them to cash a check. And that might be selfish of me to feel that way. But that's how I felt. And I watched it and I was so disappointed in that movie because mm-hmm. it's coming to America, like you said, it's a classic. That's universally a classic in any household. <laughs> well, a black household. I don't know how, you know. But in a black household, coming to America is a conversation that everybody everybody brings up. Coming to America Boom. is actually yep. top yep. five movies of all time. Yep. Gotta be. Yeah. And then they come put out this. Man, it wasn't. And it was like, you put... It was like the black entourage. It was just, it, they just started yeah, throwing people yeah. in the Rick Ross in it because it's his house. Uh, Tiana Taylor, like oh Wesley Snipes. Really? Wesley was super funny in that. But look, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hate. But listen, Wesley had some. Wesley, Wesley had is lines. a super, super talented actor. So of course he's going to adapt and, and and be funny because he's a professional actor. Now all those other people you just named. Huh? What the rest of them people? Hey man, what, what, what about Tracy Morgan? Tracy Morgan was an terrible. exceptional actor. I don't even think Tracy Morgan is a good comedian. So, like, I don't. Don't get me started on comedians, Ooh. okay? Because I, I mean, the people who are the people who people, it's funny nowadays. These people, I sit there and be like, oh, that was supposed, that was a joke. Like, I I was supposed to laugh. Like, I didn't know I was supposed to laugh. Oh. Now, now we didn't we didn't discuss this, but I would like to hear your top. Not when we say top five, top five would be kind of hard to bring yeah. up right now. And expect expect you to give me a, I you know, a top three five comedians. Give me a, comedians? a top three. Oh yeah, my comedians. Uh, comedians. Ooh. Yeah, I don't want to put them in order, but oh, 
Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, boom. Okay. Yeah. That's and you know three, what? That's three solids right there. That's three solids. People will argue with that's me three. about DL Hughley. Argue me about Chris Rock. I'm saying, how can you argue about these people? See, with me, I don't like black nah. people who get up there as nah. comedians and sit up there. And, and make an ass of themselves and just jump around and make a fool and try to make jokes and their jokes don't make sense. They just want to cuss. They want to just talk about people. Like, I don't I don't understand those jokes. I need my jokes to make sense. I need to know where this is going. I want you to be intelligent delivering this. I need to be able to relate to this stuff. Like, I don't understand like some of these people who who, who people in the world now think are funny that are, like this Tiffany Haddish phenomenon that's going on or this or this uh What's the guy who's in every movie? Kevin Ooh. Hart. I, I just don't get what is what is going on. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What is up with oh, this Kevin Hart slam? You're a Kevin please, Hart fan. Please, please, you're a Kevin please, Hart fan. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down on it, Kevin. Now, let, let, let's, let, let me say this. Kevin Hart's first few stand-ups were pretty funny. And it go back to the saying we always say about football. It's hard to be hungry when you land on a thousand count for sausage cheese. It's hard to be funny when you've been removed from a, a, mm-hmm. a, a certain a certain circumstance for so long. Like, when you ain't <laughs> living in the hood and we're just calling on your cereal and you can't make that funny, and now you've been living in, in Beverly Hills for five to seven years and, you know, your kids go to this private school and Everywhere you go, people know your name. Yep. It's hard to be funny. But and that's and that's why you gotta respect people like Dave Chappelle. Cause yep. Dave, he didn't do the movie thing like Kevin. See, Kevin went and did the movie thing. So so Kevin kind of lost that, you know, you lose that edge when you start doing movies. You uh-huh. kinda lose and then Kevin, Kevin, he cares too much. Ain't nothing wrong with that. He cares too much of what people think. Like you apologized about mm-hmm. comments you made in 2009, when you yo it, we had a time where if you said something in high school and a girl came and say if I was become famous tomorrow, a girl say you all call me a bitch in high school. Exactly. Hey, oh, apologize. Why? You don't even know what she said to me. Like you yep. don't know how this conversation yep. went. So why am I apologizing? Yep. Because I'm famous and she's not. So now I gotta apologize. It is crazy. And Kevin, he kept apologizing for that. And I was like, man, Kevin, it's never yeah. going to end. Anything you do, people going to want you to apologize. And from, it's like now, certain comedians are scared to say certain things because they're afraid of what the backlash is going to be. The thing that makes Dave Chappelle so great is that he don't care. He talk about who he want to talk about, how he want to talk about them. And I think, and I'm not saying that he should because it's it's just jokes mm-hmm. because nobody want to be a butt of any jokes. So I'm not going to sit here and be insensitive and mm-hmm. just say, why everybody so mad? He's right. just joking. Because everybody can't take a joke. You know, it might, it's, oh, it's offensive. It can't be funny <laughs> if I feel offended. I beg the difference. But again, you're entitled to that opinion. Me, if it's funny, I'm going to yeah. laugh. I mean, Even if it's actually like some people don't like stereotypes. Look, you have to laugh. Okay. Listen, listen. Let's let's be honest. Some people gonna hear this, and let's let's just be honest. Sometimes I walk down the street, I see a black dude walk with a hoodie on and a scully. I'm across the street too, and I'm black. Am I stereotyping? (laughs) Maybe. Yep. But right or wrong. Has it been has it been a time where a black dude with a scully and, yes. a, and a and a hoodie robbed somebody? Yes, it has. Yeah. So am I wrong for saying, yep. hey, I want to be cautious right now and cross the street? Okay. Again. Now let's go cross on the other the race. If I see somebody with some thin hair and some shoes that look kind of dirty, some pants and they look <laughs> like they, I'm gonna assume black. <laughs> That's just my assumption. <laughs> am I wrong? Maybe, <laughs> but again, I have seen that before. Yeah. So all I'm doing is yeah. saying, "Hey, you might not be a crackhead, but you're yeah, you, you have crack, you yeah. have some things that look kind of crackish." Just, hey, that's not stereotyping. That's just saying, yep, "Hey, similarities with you yeah, and this crackhead I saw down the street." 
yeah. I just need to be careful around you. Make sure I leave my doors unlocked while you're around. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't understand if people be like, hey, you shouldn't stereotype. And if you don't, let's just say I'm walking down the street and I see this dude, old woman that's like a crackhead, and I pretend like I don't see it. Like, ah, oh, I don't want to stereotype. And next thing you know, I got a gun in my head. And the other one asked me, do I have crack in my pocket? <laughs> why? Because you know why? I didn't stereotype these two. I prepared myself that this would be a possibility. So, hey. This, it's just sometimes you just got to be realistic. Everybody is not, everybody is not good. It's not good. It's not good. Black people. It's not good. White people. It's not good. Asian people. It's not good. Spanish people. It's not yep. good. African people. Yep. It's just not. Everybody is not good people. So we need to stop pretending like, oh, you shouldn't judge people. Yeah, yeah you should judge people. Because that's the only way you survive in this world is if you judge people. I have to judge you. Because if I don't, if I try to pretend like, oh, well, this he's a good person. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know you from a can of paint, sir. Until I know you, I'm going to judge you. People judge me when they see me. And you know what? You should. Because yeah. you don't know me. Uh, the last movie I saw was I actually saw it because I, I needed some understanding. Because, you know, once you see a movie once, it's good to see it like two or three more times because there's a lot of things you might miss. I actually saw the Justice League uh, Zack Snyder cut, which is over four hours long. I think it's four hours and seven minutes to be exact. And I saw that already like three times. Um, yes. Um, you're not into that. I, 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 I'm a nerd and once it came out I, I needed to see it so because it was things that was omitted things that was uh, changed from the original and it was awesome it, four hours long yes but everybody got their screen time everybody got their their, their backstory um, they actually did no pun intended, they did justice to all of the characters, to the storyline. They revamped the, the artistry of it and I was very, very impressed. The reason Zack Snyder had to come out with his own cut was because the reason, he was actually the original director in, in 2017 when the movie came out, but he had a tragedy in his family. His daughter passed away. To He had to leave the the, the the production of the of the movie and they put it in Josh Whedon's hand and he bought it. He probably will never direct again. It will probably be low budget things, whatever he directs again. He totally is blacklisted, blackballed from thing major probably because he, he just did such a horrible job on it. But I enjoyed it and I recommend that you do see it. Please don't see it in where I was like I did because you probably will fall asleep and you will lose uh, you know you will lose just all interest in watching so please don't do not do that I do it like how you do a regular movie watch it in two hour increments or hour and a half increments and you know just do it like that but please, please find time to watch this movie uh, I, uh, four hours is a lot I'm not gonna lie to you just said, don't watch them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get what you're see, saying. There you go but right there. See, this is no, why, no. This is why I you, can't, you don't retain information. No, listen. Two hours and two hours, it's like, ah. You know, for me, you know I don't... Let me see. I don't really watch... Like, I don't really watch DC movies like that. Uh-huh. Like, I, don't, I, don't have, DC, I have a... DC movies are, are a lot darker and more grim than than Marvel movies. Marvel Marvel movies have a little more, you know, color to them. They're a little they're a little more kid friendly. They have a lot more jokes to them. Marvel movies, no, excuse me, DC movies. Hence the name DC stands for Detective Comics. So it's always that dark look. They're always shot at night or something. They always have this like this 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 dark look to them. And it's a little more, um, how can I put it? It's a little more grimming than it would be Marvel. That's why Marvel, if you know Marvel movies, they're mostly shot at any, at any time. They mostly portrayed it 
when they're fighting or anything else. And the DC movies always at night when they're fighting. You have to look at that. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Marvel guy. Like, I love Marvel movies. Like, I watch Marvel movies the first day they come out because I love Marvel movies. DC hasn't really caught my attention like that. But I did want to see this, the director's cut of the, uh, the new one. I did want to see it, but, man, I've been watching so many shows. And, you know, once you get off work, I get off work and I'm watching basketball, little shows that I watch during the week. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really had time to set aside to watch that, but I, I, I I'm not, uh, I can't, I can't say that I'm gonna watch it, but I'm gonna try. So the next time we have an episode, I will be able to give you some insight on what, uh, if I watched it and if I enjoyed it or not. You want to talk about your top five draft busts of all time? Ooh, yeah, definitely, we can do that. I'll go first. Go ahead. Okay. My number five all-time draft bust. Don't judge me. But I got I got Reggie Bush as my number five all-time draft bust. Ooh. That's kinda I, I think that's kinda high for Reggie, no. Uh, 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 uh Reggie is the greatest college football player I've ever laid eyes on. With that being said, the expectations of him and the pros were very high with him being the number two pick overall in 2006. And that his game did not translate well to fail. So therefore, with that expectation, lack of production, and that's what led me to put him at number four. I, I do not want I did not want to put him at, at number five, but he hurt me so bad because I just I had him already in Canton. I had him in the Hall of Fame already. And once I saw him a few years, I was like, whoa, oh, did I did I blow that? Um, number four, I have Akili Smith. This dude was a quarterback out of the University of Oregon. Um, God, what draft was that? Was that 1999? I think that was a 1999 draft. He was the number three pick overall. Um, look, audience, please don't judge me. Please don't judge me. But me personally, I want everybody to know, if you do not know, I am a black man. I am a black man. I do not quarterback. And he, he is one of the reasons that I do not like black people at quarterback. Because they, they hold us to a, another standard than they would our white counterparts. So therefore, we have to be exceptional. We have to go above and beyond what is asked of us, what is expected of us, than what our white counterparts. And he did not understand that. I don't think he processed that well. And he folded under pressure. Maybe that expectation might have been too much for him. But... Nonetheless, he's still an all-time bust because he was terrible. He was terrible for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he might have only started what three for the Bengals, I think. And he, uh, yeah, I think something like three, that. maybe six. I can't remember. I, I've read so much information. It was just he just was bad. Okay, he was like super bad. Yeah. Like, I don't like. No, I don't know. Number three is Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson is a running back from the University of Alabama. Um. He was a trophy finalist. I have no idea. And they always say the easiest position is running back. I don't understand. I botched this. I really don't because he never got hurt. He wasn't even hurt. He, nah. I just, you know what I think? I think he just got money and just was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going yeah. to get hit out. I'm not doing this. I, why? I'm a, I'm a multi and I'm good. I have generational wealth. Why would I continue no, pounding my head no. into this? No. Like the thing is, he he doesn't have generational wealth. That's the thing. I mean, and you know, he still played football in somewhere. Wait, what? Trent Richardson. Yeah, he, you you know, Trent Richardson is like only like thirty years old. He plays he plays football. I don't even know what league us us, but he still plays football somewhere. Man, play flag football somewhere. Hey, so my number two. I went off the board. I didn't do football. I went to basketball. 
my number two overall bust in history is Bennett. Um, he is a a small forward slash power forward tweener person that the Cleveland Cavaliers drafted number one overall. All that he was part of all that LeBron James leaving and coming back and all that, all that speculation like that. He was a part of all of that when LeBron, I think, and they they Cleveland had the number one. Every, no one no one knew who was the clear cut number one in that draft. It, that had to have been the first draft in my lifetime that I saw. Nobody knew who the number one pick was, and I swear it was like it, it, they just put their hand in a cup and just pulled out the name. Like, oh, okay, we're gonna go with Anthony <laughs> Bennett. Bennett was shocked when they took him. He was like, "Wait, what? I'm number one? Let me tell you something." And he played every bit of it. He he was garbage. He was fat. He was like he did nothing well. I, he did nothing well. Like I don't understand what Cleveland saw in him to make him the number one pick. He couldn't run well. He couldn't shoot well. He couldn't rebound. His defense was horrible. His foot movement was horrible. Like, I don't understand what you saw. You saw potential because I just saw somebody who just was trash. In fact. Yes. And, of course, there's no denying the number one all-time bust in sports history is Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus now, y'all thought I talked about Achilles Smith bad? Oh, no. No, Achilles Smith is a Hall of Fame. Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell is the epitome of, of stereotypes how they get us when it comes to work ethic. Every time I look at Jamarcus Russell, I just throw up in my mouth and just like, oh, my God, you, you need to go to Southern Wine. You need to learn how to you need work ethic. <laughs> Because you, you trash. See, that's an inside joke between me and JD, y'all. Because we actually at uh, this place called Southern Wine and Spirit Warehouse, where me, Grunk, look, let me tell you something. That place back in 2000, 2001, 2002, that is no place for an 18, 19 year old to be working amongst 30 year olds. Like, that is that is no place to be working. That, that was open. That's what your markets needed to be on that platform. Walking up and down that line, throwing cases on that line. That was uh, that was my that job taught me how to how to be how to work. Like my mom had already taught me that nothing was given, everything was earned. But that job was really like, yo, this what this what the grind looked like. It was overnight. It was 14, 15 hour yep. shifts. One one break, you came in at six in in the Ooh. evening, and then you 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 had one break at twelve o'clock, and that was your forty five minute lunch break, and that was it for the rest yeah. of the day. And we get off, we used to get off at nine ten o'clock in the next day sometime, and with one break, like that can't be legal. And they all type of labor laws probably broke oh, yeah. at that oh, time. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh and not and oh, on top of that, we would get paid like. Five and some change an hour. Like you gotta be kidding. You got gotta yep. be kidding. Yep. Yep. That 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 was just it was just man, that was crazy. Like you doing it say how bad this job was for people who probably think we exaggerate. They knew that we would work a lot of hours. So they paid us fifty hours a week guaranteed. Forty hours regular. 10 hours overtime, no matter what, how many hours we work, we got paid 50 hours a week. What person or what company you know would give people free money? Because they know you're going to put in way more hours than that. And just on the strength that we do work more than 50, alright, you know what? We're not even going to pay y'all. Uh, how do they convert that? I forgot how did that go. Oh, if we work less than what was that extra day? Remember we used to do like that six day? Oh, yeah. Six day. Yeah, if we if 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 you work like if you work five hours and those five hours time your salary equals more than a hundred, yeah. you got paid your yes. salary. Yes. But if you work less than whatever that time the hours mean time your salary, you got paid the hundred. Yeah. So whichever one better worked better yeah. for you, yeah. you got paid yeah. that one. It wasn't like some companies be like, Hey, you come in on Saturday, this is the flat rate, this is what yeah. you get. Nah. 
if it benefited you more yep. for your salary, you got yep. that. But if it benefited you more for the bonus, you got the bonus. Mm. That, 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 it, it, it was, that company is so, it was so frustrating because it would be holidays, Thanksgiving, you getting off mm-hmm. eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Christmas, you getting home and your kids already done open their gifts already. You just leaving the job and you trying to stay up with them, but you just work 15, 16 yep. hours. And then on top of that, you don't have to go to work that night, but you got to go to work the next day. But you trying to enjoy Christmas, so you ain't going to sleep, but you done been up 16 hours. I did that one year and I was like, man, I ain't going to sleep. And everywhere I sat down, I fell asleep like a junkie. <laughs> Thought I was on heroin. I was just nodding off. Can't help it. Just uh, sit on sit on the chair. Uh, sleep. Man, I'm just no. I'm like, man, I'm 27 years old. Junkie. Slump. I'm slumped in a chair. Thinking I'm gonna I'm, I'm about to be up all day, man. They gonna nah, man, that ain't how that nah, works. That ain't how that work at all, period. Go ahead, man. Give me oh, give me man, your buzz. Yeah. All right, my top five. I'm going number five, Trent Richardson. Ooh, okay. My number four, I'm going Robert Griffin the third. Whoa! Oh, you gotta explain that. Yes, I'm going Robert Griffin because rookie season, Washington. Robert Griffin led Washington football team, but at that point it was Washington Redskins with. 65% completion ratio, 3,200 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions, and they went to the playoffs that year, yeah. right? Okay, second season. I think he got hurt toward the end of this season. He had 3,000 and he got 3,200 yards passing, 60% completion, 16 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Okay. He started 13 games that year. Season three with the Redskins. He played seven games, 68.7 completion ratio, 1,694 passing yards, four touchdowns, and six interceptions. After that, he was cut by the Redskins. Mm. He's been a backup in Cleveland and Baltimore and has a career of 43 passing touchdowns and 30 interceptions in his eight-year career. Mm. He was a number two pick. Yeah. He was the Heisman Trophy yes. winner. Yes, he was. And listen, he had 20 touchdowns his first year, 36 in the first two mm-hmm. years. In the next six years, he has had 12 touchdowns. No, not even 12. Not even 12. He's had seven touchdowns in the past six <laughs> years. Seven. Let that sink in. He was the number two overall pick. He was the no question, no doubt Heisman Trophy winner coming out of yep. college. It was really a question out of him and Andrew Luck. Well, not really. It wasn't really a question. We all knew Andrew Luck was one number one. But after his fresh, after his rookie year, everybody thought, oh, we got a good one. And see, that's why I don't be liking when people start talking about quarterbacks being good or bad after one season. Because we all thought Rob Griffin was going, we was actually having a conversation of, yo, this might be the year where both quarterbacks be good. Because it's always a quarterback who trash on the top mm-hmm. two. Always. You got Peyton, you got Rob right. You got Andrew Luck, you got Robert Griffin. You got Alex Smith, you got Aaron uh-huh. Rodgers. Oh. But it's, it's, all, it's always like that. It's never been that I remember two great quarterbacks that were, subtract, that were selected at one and two. So we had to start. We were like, well, this might be the first year. We, we knew. We, we, we knew. Uh, we already knew. He was, uh, my man was going to be great. Who? Uh, from the Andrew Colts. Luck? Andrew okay. Luck. We knew he okay. was going to be great. So when, when when Robert came through, we like, oh man, this and then Robert had an okay second year. And then the third year, we looking like, whoa, what happened? But no, he tore his ACL in his rookie season. 
so so okay, so he so came that's back. That's why that second year he came back and only started thirteen because he missed the beginning of that year. So he was trying to see it's different in the off season. He was trying to rehab rather than actually get better. So he was trying to rehab to get himself back on the field. And I felt like he might have rushed himself because when you tell your ACL that late in the season, because I think he tore it in a playoff game. So when you when you tell your yeah. ACL that that late. So that means he tore the ACL, let's say, in January. He tried to rush himself back to show the team and everybody that, oh, I can do this. No, man, you probably should have sat out and then just come back and just be healthy. You probably should have missed that whole next season. But he tried to rush himself back, yeah. and he probably did more harm than good because he, he ended up getting hurt. Because after that, all the rest of his injuries were lower body injuries. So I'm assuming that that stems from when he tore his ACL and just overcompensated just for that injury. Just and that's how other injuries started happening. Let, let me let me tell you something. Rob Griffin said that he didn't want to be a rushing quarterback. He wanted to be in the pocket, Peyton Manning okay. quarterback, right? So if you tell your ACL, that should not affect that because all you want to do is sit back there. I watched Rafa. I I watched Robert Griffin play last year when Lamar Jackson had COVID. And boy, oh boy, he almost he almost cost every black quarterback to ever line up to ever play quarterback again a chance to make Mm. it to the NFL. That's Mm. how bad he was. He was terrible. And that game was terrible. But Robert Griffin has been he he has he is trash. I'm just going to... There's no other words I can say. And I wanted him to be successful. But Robert... Robert, I think Robert came in getting his own way. Sometimes that happens. He, he was getting... And they were saying like he had a lot going on at home and his, his focus wasn't football. You know, so... You know, that could be part of the reason. Finish the list. Finish the list. Okay. My okay. number three. My number three. Who? Boy, oh boy. Kelly Smith. We can agree on him, boy. I don't need to go down the numbers of him because you already did that. But Kelly, boy, ah man, you you listen. He had he had 461 pass attempts, 215 completions. He had a 46 percent completion ratio, five touchdowns, 13 in his career, not just a game, but his career. For his for his career, two thousand two hundred twelve yards passing. That was his mm. career. His career. I wonder when his kids Google him. He said, "Yeah, man, I play." And his kids Google him, and then he on that list for all time bust. They probably look at him like, "Man, Daddy, you were sorry as hell, man." Boy, listen here, that boy. You you disrespecting sorry when you when you say his name, because boy. Like I, I, I just don't. I, for me, I be trying to understand. You work every day, and your job is what you do, and you know your job. You do it every day, yeah. right? So I tell you, your job is to throw a football, read defense. How many defense can somebody throw at you? You know, how many? Even if you say, okay, they run a single high, double safety. Nine men in the box. Okay, they're doing a little switching up where the corner playing safety, safety, dropping down. Okay. Man, let's, say, let's just say a good 10 to 15 times. Let's say a good 10 times a game, they might fool you. And they fool you, that mean 10, 15 times, that mean you probably ain't doing too yeah. much film study. You should only be fooled three or four yeah. times in a game. Now, I always have a problem with people that get to NFL and be, and be or NBA and don't end up excelling to the level that they did in college or high school because that's your job. You don't got to go to nobody's job for eight hours at no point. You play basketball. So you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and you shooting uh, you shooting 500 shots a day. Yeah. A day. I got my cardio up. I'm doing everything possible to be great because he was like... I don't he's like, oh he got he got a gift. It's a ball that you shoot in a basket. I'm, I, I I just don't understand how you gotta be gifted at that. If I do this enough, I can be great. Because Jimmy Butler proved yeah. that. He ain't get no gift. Yeah. He worked hard yeah. at it. 
He worked hard at where he at right where he at right now. Same thing with D Wade. D Wade wants to recruit it out of high yep. school like that. It's a lot of players. Look yep. at Damon Lillard, yep. CJ McCollum. A lot of players that wasn't recruited high end up getting drafted. They put the yep. work in, and boom, shooting the basketball every day. You throwing the football every day. I need to just work on my. If I can work on my accuracy, bam. I do four hours a day on just throwing the ball accuracy. Then I go home and I watch four hours of film every day. That's eight hours right there. I don't work the job, but I'm prepared. I'm do that again tomorrow. I'm gonna watch every 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 game they play, every defense they done ran. I want to see. Okay, when they do this, this this nine out of ten they gonna do this. I'm 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 I'm, I'm writing down similarities to their defense, and I'm okay. Got it. When you don't put the work in, that's what happens. You become Achilles Smith, Jamarcus oh. Russell. Okay, finish the list. I'm, it, I'm it's intrigued just, to see the rest of your list. Go ahead. At, at number two, <sighs> this is the white Jamarcus Russell. Wait, what? Ryan oh. Leaf. Yeah. He's a yeah. white, white Jamarcus Russell. Whoa. Ryan Leaf. Whoa. Why, why can't Jamarcus you know, Russell be the black Ryan Leaf? Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you, you can switch it up how you want to. Both of them trash. You know? Well, you know, you, you know what? You might be right because Ryan Leaf was Ryan Leaf before Jamarcus Russell yes. was Jamarcus Russell. So, but they both you're right. like like Ryan Leaf. Like, you said Ryan right. Leaf was addicted to what other type of drug, and Jamarcus Russell walked around with lean in his book bag and at practice. So, I mean, hey, that's right, that's right. With, with a big yeah. fur coat on, I'm never well, going to forget drop roll, drop roll, number one. Ooh, this was tough. For me. Was tough? This was really tough. Like, it took me a, it, it took me a while sure? to come down this land. Of course it's Jamarcus. Of course it's Jamarcus, man. Come on, man. It's no build up here. It's no build up. Of Thank you, Jamarcus. You're number one in everyone's heart. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. <laughs>